Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. This is a chance for local people or people with a local connection to sit down and talk about what is going on with them in the Fishers community. This is a part of my local Fishers Indiana News blog that began in January of 2012. I started these podcasts in 2016 and have been going ever since. Now, here's the latest edition of the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'd like to welcome three outstanding guests. I've got three heavy hitters from the county level of the Hamilton County government. I have Jim Neal. Jim Neal is the county highway engineer. We have Brad Davis with us, the Hamilton County Highway Director, and Mark Herbrandt, Hamilton County Commissioner. So to all three gentlemen, uh, thank you very much uh, for taking time out of your busy schedules to be with me today. Thank uh, you for having us. I'm, I want to start with Commissioner Herbrandt. Uh, this intersection, we're going to talk mostly about 146th Street and Allisonville Road. I was unable to go to a meeting you had recently on that because I was covering another event. But I know that that intersection has been on your radar for some time. Explain why you as the county government had to wait so long in order to address this traffic congested area. Well, first, uh, it all comes down to money. And uh, we needed to be able to have the funds in place to be able to uh, get this project done. Uh, we It's been on our radar for some time, um, given the traffic projections um, have far exceeded what was originally, uh, what the road was originally built for. Uh, think back in 1997, they converted it to four lanes. Um, it was projecting somewhere around 26,000 um you know, vehicles, and it's far exceeded that. Uh, I think there's almost 40, 43, 44,000 a day that travel that um, corridor, and it's one of the main arteries that we have in Hamilton County. So uh, it's heavily traveled, um, and uh, it's time that we, we have the funds now to be able to get this thing done, and, and uh, we look forward to the cooperation with the constituents, especially there, uh, in those neighborhoods and the businesses around there um, to be patient as we uh, get this thing done. Yeah, it's going to be a big issue as well. As well. I just wanted to ask you before we get off that, uh, explain to people how much money it's going to cost to do this and where the funding will come from. Well, um, we were very fortunate to get one of the largest uh, asks from the MPO, the Metropolitan Pl uh, Planning Organization, of $9.5 million dollars towards this $37 million uh, project. And uh, so we were very fortunate in that, that behalf. We also uh, was able to uh, um, save over the years, knowing that this project was going to be um, coming down the pipe um, to, to be able to have the funds and major bridge to be able to fund this project. I'm going to ask Brad Davis to come in now because I remember I've lived to see, I've lived in Fishers for over 30 years. And it seemed like wherever I've lived in my three different places, I'm not that far from 146th Street. And I remember when that was widened to four lanes, and we were told at that time as a resident anyway that that should take care of the traffic load expected. But uh, the traffic load uh, was much higher than expected. Why do you think traffic exponentially increased as much as it did well, far beyond your projections? Well, those projections were done actually prior to me. Jim was <laughs> Jim was here at that time and, and has a, has that data he can share with us. But uh, 
it's it's the overall growth of the county. I don't think at that time they anticipated the county's growth to be nearly as as uh, as rapid as it has been and continues to be. So when you do those projections and you do a project like that, you're looking 20 years out, usually at a minimum, to to be able to provide a good level of service in 20 years. So you do a traffic projection and usually pretty conservative with those to try to be on the safe side, but back in the 90s when the widenings were done, um, they just fell short. It was just uh, an unexpected amount of growth in traffic. And once that corridor was improved, I think it uh, it drew people to it because it was a good east-west corridor across the county. And we, of course, have a, uh, a natural barrier being White River. And so it's one of the few that you can cross and get from one side of the county to the other. And then, you know, ultimately we ended up uh, doing the extension on over to I-69 and then there's a creation of the Hamilton Town Center. So just a lot of things going on with that count uh, corridor that has uh, caused this this whole area to kind of explode with traffic. So, Jim Neal, I did see one account of that meeting I missed where you did sort of talk about the history of, of the traffic projections. Maybe you'd want to give your your uh, view on that. Yeah. So since I'm the only person that is here for the entire thing, um, not saying I'm old, but I am. Um, so in the in 1997, when we did our original uh, traffic studies, uh, we looked at multiple scenarios and and. Our, our worst case scenario, which, you know, if we if we widen 146th Street and the state does not widen State Road 32, what what does traffic look like? Uh, that showed that, you know, by the year 2020, we would be expecting just under 29,000 vehicles a day on the segment. And I'm going to so that I'm speaking the same segment throughout between River Road and Allisonville Road. We'd be expecting just under 29,000 vehicles a day. Um, or just under 27,000. Uh, in 2007, so this is roughly five years after we finished all of our construction, we had already passed that number. Um, and we had been very um, conservative uh, with the, the growth factors we had used based on how fast the county was growing at that time. Um, you know, we were still pretty conservative in saying we think the growth will continue. The amount of growth has outpaced that. Um, so at the, uh, in 2012, uh, the Indianapolis MPO funded a study for state road 37 because of the traffic there. Um, and the intersection of 146 and Allisonville was included in that study at that time. And so that's kind of where everything, uh, as far as what the future roadways were going to look like, that's where it really got kicked off. And, uh, you know, based on our 2021 traffic counts um, between River Road and Allisonville Road last summer, uh, we had around 44,000 vehicles. Um, so we are significantly beyond uh, what the what we thought we would have at our 20 year threshold. Um, and so our, our level of service for the roadway is uh, at this point deteriorating uh, just because of volume. Uh, Jim Neal, let me stick with you for a moment. I want to expand on something Mark Herbrand already mentioned. Uh, there's going to be a construction period coming up on this, obviously, and that's going to take a number of months. 
Uh, there are a couple of issues there. Number one, will State Road 37 and 146th Street be completed by the time you begin construction? And the other side is, how are you going to be dealing with the various people living, the, the residents, uh, the other uh, uh locations that are near that intersection how are you going to be able to handle all that what what can you tell us uh, as we know it now so uh first off the uh our construction will not start until 146th and state road 37 interchange is complete um so that's scheduled to be completed later this year our project doesn't even go for bid until december of this year um as far as maintaining access uh for the residents in the area there will be some changes in the final configuration. Um, and this is based off of, uh, because we are taking this from an at-grade intersection to a, a grade-separated sep- uh, interchange, um, even though it's going to be a, a fairly tight urban uh, interchange, there are still restrictions that were, have been put on us um, because we're going to have ramps and things like that. So some of the access along 146th Street is going to be restricted uh, from the neighborhoods to get onto 146th Street. So as a part of that, there's some some access roads that we have to construct. Um, there's some driveways uh, that we have to cut off um, and you know then we'll then be tied into uh, the access roads. Um, and then unfortunately, there are some areas where we're going to cut off access and I, we do not have a way to provide access to those properties. So those properties will be um, we'll have to buy those those parcels completely out and relocate those residents. Thank you for that. That's that's a good explanation. I'm going to ask to bring Mark Herbrandt in again because we hear this term grade separated. And if I'm reading this correctly, tell me if I'm wrong, and reading all the various news accounts I saw of that uh, public meeting you had, is that 146th Street, once this is complete, will be basically over Allisonville Road and the roundabout will be on ground level at Allisonville Road. Am I understanding that correctly? That's correct. So, somebody, let's just kind of as a way of explaining things. Um, let's say I'm, I'm heading west on 146th Street and I want to get off at Allisonville Road. And let's say go to Connor Prairie. How exactly will I maneuver that? Well, there will be an, an exit ramp that will be clearly identified on there to be able to to do that, but I really think that that's probably a question more for our county engineer that uh, is in bed with this project okay. and understands, understands the design a lot more than I do. Well, let me put it to you this way, get kind of a bigger picture thing, Mark, since you're the kid. And just for, uh, for people who know, sometimes people move here from other states and don't understand yeah. this. County commissioners are like mayors of the counties. Most Indiana counties, a few exceptions, have three county commissioners that basically uh, work together as mayors of the counties. And you're one of the three, along with Steve Dillinger and Christine Altman here in Hamilton County. So you've overseen this. You were very heavily involved in in putting the plans together. Um, I guess the question I would ask you is is kind of an overall question. Uh, How will this impact your travel, not not in an engineering point of view, but from a a motorist point of view, how will this be a different experience for you once this is done? Well, I I think that our main goal is really um, to make this a major thoroughfare all the way from I-65 all the way to I-69. That was the vision um, that took place. There's been a lot of planning coordination. It was very political, but finally it took a lot of 
uh, bold leadership uh, to be able to make this happen because uh, what people don't remember is when I talk to people like Steve Dillinger, who's been a county commissioner for 32 years, and I ask him what's the most controversial project he's ever done, he said it was 146th Street. Um, and that people filled the courtrooms. There was you know, TV cameras everywhere. Um, but they had hired, Hamilton County had hired Brian Vargas from IU to conduct a study to understand the public's thoughts. Um, on this project, and it was an overwhelming 87% believe the project should happen, and it did. And uh, can you imagine 146th Street, um, you know, not being completed? But this is to conduct a, a major thoroughfare from I-65 all the way to to uh, I-69. And Boone County's got some um, uh, some some heavy lifting to do to get their their piece of it done. But we were uh, fortunate enough to be able to cut the ribbon uh, on the final piece out west to Boone County line last uh, last year we did that and that people don't realize what a major accomplishment that 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 is to be able to get that done um, and we were real pleased to be able to get that done but to be able to get the traffic to move east to west quicker um, is really the goal intended for this. I want to bring Brad Davis back in here, and uh, we have all read, I think, and heard about the supply chain issues related to the pandemic, the difficulty that contractors have had in attracting and retaining employees to get their work done when they contract for a job. Uh, you're talking about bidding this later in the year, and you know, so we're talking a year or two out. We have no idea what the conditions will be at that time. Uh, what are the, the challenges that somebody like you and your department would have in trying to budget and project timelines for a project like this? Well, you know, some of that's just unknown. Um, when you're going to letting in December, contractors are usually uh, bidding on work they'll do the following year and trying to fill up their, uh, their workload. And that's what's going to be happening here or be under construction in 2023. It's a little bit unknown at this time, what, what could be happening with inflation rates and, and supply. Um, contractors try to lock in their prices and sometimes they can't. So it's a bit of an unknown. Uh, we are anticipating the prices will not be, be less, uh, but there'll be some increase to, to be anticipated, but how much, I don't think we know at this point. You know, I think uh, until the bids come in, there's no sure way of knowing, you know, that, and that's still several months down the road. Do you have right. most of the specifications done, or are you still working on that? Uh, no, they're still working on those. I mean, it's an ongoing process, but um, they will have, a majority of that will be done by midsummer of this year in anticipation of a December letting. Okay, so I've tried to ask several questions. I'm going to ask Jim Neal to come in here again, and, and can I take your perspective on this as you look out on that timeline i mean you've given a timeline that this will all be done by the end of 2024 and that is your goal and i'm sure that's what you're shooting for but when you when you look at that uh, what sorts of things could could uh, put a wrench in that timeline um so the things that could put a wrench into that um you know right now we've begun early acquisition for right-of-way uh, so right of way is always a can always be an issue, um, and then once we have all the right of way in place, uh, what we're going to then get into is how quickly can utilities relocate. 
Um, and with all of the construction that's going on throughout central Indiana, uh, this, this is a major concern for us. So we're trying to do everything we can at this point to make it easier for the utilities to relocate. Uh, so we will likely uh, start doing some, uh, some tree clearing and things like that uh, yet this winter uh, so that uh, utilities that want to start relocating as right of way as available can start doing that. Um, because that's, we, we, there is a, a, a restriction on when we can clear trees because of the Indiana bat. And so between April 1st and I believe it's October 1st, uh, we can't, I can't be, I cannot drop trees. Uh, so we will probably be out in the next month uh, trying to drop as many as we can on the property we already uh, own uh, to make it, uh, to make areas available for utilities to begin relocation. Well, that has a, been one of the things that has ha caused delays on State Road 37. I was about to say, I've been covering State Road 37, and the right-of-way issues uh, took longer than people thought, and they found drainage issues that they did not expect to find. And, and so it's those sorts of technical issues that come up that can delay a project. Although I know you're hoping to get this done by the end of 2024. I've just tried to ask a few questions. I was not at the meeting, so I tried to find some news accounts of it. I'm going to give each of you one more chance just to say something about State Road, um, not State Road, but of Allisonville Road and 146th that maybe I didn't think to ask or something you might want to add. And I'm going to ask Mark Herbrandt to start that. You know, the only thing that, that I would uh, highly recommend to constituents that travel that road is that, uh, you know, uh, please visit our website. Um, you know, we'll be providing updates um, on that as well. We'll be providing a lot of public uh, hearings and community outreach type programs and so forth, similar to what we have done with State Road 37 with our media uh, people. And, uh you know, we always ask, just like I tell my kids, there's a lot of things I can do for you, but one thing I can't do is read your mind. And as long as you reach out to me and communicate and tell me what you need, I'll do my best to answer that question for you. So um, just to the public, just please be patient and, and uh, bear with us and, and we'll get this thing done. But if you do have questions, please reach out to us. Uh, Brad Davis, anything you would like to add about that, that particular project? Um, just that, you know, reflecting on the, the public information meeting we had and, and talking with some of the residents, uh, they actually seem quite pleased that we are going to be doing something about this location. I mean, they've voiced some of their concerns about trying to get out onto the roads now, as busy as they are. In certain times of the day, you can't even make a maneuver, even if you have an access location. It's just dangerous or nobody will let you in and, and those kind of situations. So. You know, construction's always difficult, and we always ask for everyone's patience to get through that. But when it's all said and done, we're going to have a location that's going to work very well for for decades. Uh, you'll be able to maneuver through there without having a traffic signal to, to stop you. It will be uh, be very, uh, very efficient. You know, uh, benefit both, both the motorists and their travels as well as, uh, you know, the air quality aspects of it. Uh, and the whole thing. So it's going to be it's going to be really good when it's all done. We just have to get through it. Yes, excellent. Thank you. Good points, uh, Jim Neal. Any final comment about that intersection? I think Brad and 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 Mark have hit the the real high points. Uh, the main thing is this will be a much more efficient intersection when we're done. A lot of the issues we have now is just because of the way the the signal works. 
people spend a lot of time waiting to move at this intersection. With the elimination of that and the use of the roundabout, uh, the intersection will be much more efficient, uh, especially since all the 146th Street through traffic will be pulled out of the uh, intersection itself and we'll just be dealing with the uh, traffic that's on Allisonville or wants to be on Allisonville. And I assume you'll have uh, the at least the uh, uh, projected or suggested uh, uh, reroutes, but uh, sometimes people, uh, Jim, don't uh, pay attention to that. Yes, uh, that's that's always an issue. Um, we will have posted detours. Uh, that's something we've been working with uh, the city of Fishers and the city of Noblesville. Uh, we've had meetings with the first responders uh, trying to make sure that our proposed uh Construction sequencing will work with uh, how they're going to get to different places they may need to get to, how the final plans work for for them uh, responding to calls, and I think we've uh, I think we've got a good way forward at this point. I'm going to bring back Brad Davis on another issue that I think would be of interest to people in Fishers and to the county. A lot of people don't understand that there are some roads within a city that are actually under county jurisdiction. Uh, a great example of that would be Oldia Road that goes all the way from the Hamilton Town Center area all the way through Hamilton Southeastern High School all the way down to the Geist area, and that's, an, that's a county road. Another county road that gets a lot of attention in Fishers is Florida Road in the northeastern part of our city because there's, we're beginning to see some, some growth in that area. Uh, what should... Fishers residents in and around Florida Road be expecting anything in, in the near or even distant future that you're aware of? Uh, no, I believe the Florida Road corridor, if I remember correctly, is uh, is going to see some change with the, uh, I think the Cardinal Greenway pathway follows part of Florida Road, which um, is a pretty major undertaking by the, the city of Fishers. Um, we're partners with them in the sense that we'll be building a historical bridge, the Belfort Bridge, um, uh, as part of that, that overall pedestrian plan. So um, in terms of any kind of widenings or road improvements to Florida Road, I'm not aware of any that's currently planned. Okay, very good. Uh, I'm going to ask Mark Herbrandt to come in now, because as county commissioner, you do have jurisdiction over, over the county highway and, and roads and, and the two gentlemen that are also on here are, are instrumental in, in, in taking care of that but we are in a time of year late february heading into early march where we have freeze and thaw cycles we're going to have very cold weather then we're going to have warm weather and go back to cold weather what that produces of course uh are nasty chuck holes uh how difficult is it i know you do your best the city does their best the state everyone's trying to catch up with the chuck hole issue this time of year um how do you work on, on keeping up with uh, the chuckles that seem to be popping up everywhere? You know, uh, we rely uh, on a lot of the constituents in the county to reach out to us to let us know um, where there are trouble areas. Uh, I will tell you, last night um, I drove uh, 146th Street um, and then reported about uh, to the highway department where I saw um, pot, you know, potential potholes. Uh, and some deterioration in the in the streets, and they got out last night, and they were able to uh, uh, patch some of those. And I was out again today, driving Oleo Road, and identified uh, a couple places there as well, and notified our highway department um, about those. So uh, it's uh, um, 
that's funny that you asked that because that's what I did last night and uh, um, so forth to, to, to really try to be preventative um, with, with what's going on with the freezing because it's going to pop, especially with this freezing rain. And uh, Jim Jim Neal, I, I would have to think that this is a difficult job for the uh, for the county highway department. Uh, do you encourage people to to uh, report these potholes? I mean, sometimes they come up pretty quickly, but do you take in uh, regular uh, reports of that throughout the county? Uh, we do. Um, we have uh, our email address, which is county highway at hamilton hamiltonco.in.gov or hamiltoncounty.in.gov. Um, and that's one way we receive those complaints. Um, and we do rely on the public a, whole, a lot uh, for this stuff because we only have so many people to, to go out and patrol for things. And if, uh, if there is a major issue that's coming up, we want to be able to send a crew to that area to take care of it sooner rather than later. I can tell I've had so many people contact me saying, why aren't check holes being taken care of? I would ask them, did you report it? The answer is no. Well, you know, you need to do that first. You know, as you said, Jim, it, it's, it, it has to be reported. You can't find out all where all of them are just through the county staff. We are recording this, and you never know when people are going to listen or watch a podcast. We're recording this on February 23rd in the afternoon, and the weather forecast is showing possible ice and snow even in the next day or two. So I'm going to ask Brad Davis. I've talked to our Department of Public Works here in Fishers about this. I'd like to hear from you at the county level. How do you prepare when the weather forecast looks like winter weather is on the way? Well, first of all, you always prepare for the next one at the end of the last one. So when you get done with one storm, you're automatically starting to prepare for the next. So you immediately start to look at your inventories of salt and, and, and liquid de-icers to make sure that you're ready. Uh, you never know when the weather can just pop up overnight uh, and hit you. But uh, other than that, we are continually uh, servicing our equipment to make sure it's all functional and anything that looks like it might break down, we, we fix it ahead of time. So there's a constant look at the, at the equipment, make sure it's ready. Uh, we've had crews going with, um, day and night shifts now for for several days uh, and so we we typically will split our crews and we have enough people fortunately that we can do that with uh, temporary seasonal people so we have day crews and night crews and that's been our night crews lately that have been out patching doing the patching uh, doing it at night helps where there's less traffic we're not disrupting traffic quite as much but uh, when it's not snowing and you're anticipating snow, sometimes they don't have a lot to do, so they can be out patching. Um, and so that's kind of what we're doing. We're just always trying to be prepared for the next storm, uh, not knowing when it might hit. I know talking to Mayor Fadness and Fishers, he said he could use about 12 extra snow removal drivers. He's got more trucks than he has drivers right now. Are you? Uh, do you have any openings or are you still pretty well staffed up as far as snow removal staff? We're in pretty good shape right now. Our county council, fortunately, uh, uh, proactively worked to uh, improve our wages a bit for our truck drivers, knowing that uh, the CDL drivers in this day and age are in demand. And I think that's helped us retain people as well as attract some people that come to us in the wintertime. We, we do something a little different than some other entities. We actually will hire people for a, for a two-month period. And they come in and work full time around the you know around the clock with us, 
whereas some entities will hire their seasonal people on like an as-needed basis, where they just call them in when they need them. So we give people a, a, a predictable income for two months. And so we've been pretty good at, at attracting people to, to come in. And we have some people that return to us every year. Fortunately, they have the experience. But, uh, you know, it's always a challenge because, uh, you know, people, when the weather's good, like it was in January, a lot of people were still working at their normal job. So, uh, you know, it, it's always a challenge, but we're in pretty good shape right now. I want to thank all three of you for spending time with me. You just uh, heard from Brad Davis. Brad Davis is the Hamilton County Highway Engineer. The, he's, he heads the department. Jim Neal, uh, County the Director, excuse me. Did I say director <laughs> or did I say it wrong? I, if I said I'm a highway director. Okay, highway director, excuse me. You're the highway director, Jim Neal, the county highway engineer, and Mark Herebrand, a county commissioner. I hope I said all that right. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure having all of you with me. You were very informative. We enjoyed having you uh, on the podcast today. Take care and thanks again. Thank you, Larry. You're welcome. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. If you like the podcast, please let others know. You can find it on most platforms where you go for podcasts. Just search using this phrase, Podcasts by Larry Lannan, L-A-N-N-A-N. Also, if you listen on a platform such as iTunes, please take a moment, rate and comment on my podcast series. So thanks for listening, and please be safe and be kind.